Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Coach Baseball Right podcast. I'm your host and founder of Coach Baseball Right, Steve Nicolarat. Join us as we go inside, outside, and all around baseball, discussing how to coach baseball the right way. In today's Coach Baseball Rights podcast, I'm really excited to bring to you our interview with Steve Beezer, head baseball coach at the University of Missouri. Steve's entering his third year as the head baseball coach at Mizzou. He has a two-year record of 70 and 45, and he came to the University of Missouri after four years of coaching at Southeast Missouri. Steve's record at Southeast Missouri State was 138 and 97, and he was three-time OVC Coach of the Year. Steve has a professional playing career uh, involving 13 seasons of professional baseball, nine of those being at the AAA level or higher. He was drafted in 1989 by the Philadelphia Phillies in the 32nd round, and he made his major league debut in 1997 with the New York Mets. I think what you're really going to enjoy in this interview is Steve's journey, his playing journey from St. Genevieve all the way to the big leagues. I think you're also going to enjoy his take on recruiting and the importance of recruiting a quality student athlete. Steve talked about the importance of building proper team culture within your program and how difficult that can be. And also, Steve touched on the, his use of pitch recognition software. It was a fascinating interview, and I know you're going to enjoy it. Let's go ahead and get started. Hi, everybody. We are here with Steve Beezer, head baseball coach at the University of Missouri. Steve, thanks so much for being on the Coach Baseball Right podcast. Well, Steve, I appreciate it. I, I enjoy uh, talking baseball anytime I get the opportunity to. Well, tonight we're going to have a little bit of fun. Hey, our, our Coaching Baseball Right program is all about helping organizations, coaches, and parents uh, transform baseball experiences and development. We started the podcast to allow our listeners to hear different perspectives on coaching baseball the right way, and we're really happy to have you with us because I think you do a great job with coaching baseball, and you have, you have so much to share with our, with our listeners. So with that being said, uh, you have an amazing career, not only coaching career, but you have a whole career before your coaching career, all the way from high school to the big leagues. Can you uh, can you share some some highlights of that journey? Yeah, no doubt. I mean, it, it. I mean, really, probably the best way to describe it is just unbelievable. I I grew up in a small town of four thousand, and I would say there was three thousand nine hundred ninety nine uh, people that would have never guessed that I would have been the guy out of, out of that small town to to be able to go on and and much less play in the major leagues, but to play even even college baseball and. It, it was a it was a battle. It was uh, you know in high school I I can remember being the smallest kid in the class and I remember starting my freshman year and I weighed 90 pounds and and just a, a very small guy, very small frame and and really didn't mature until uh, really I hit college and that that made it very difficult for me to to play a game that I really loved and and remember wrestling 98 pounds as a junior in high school and. And, you know, I think the, the thing that really kind of drove me was the fact that I had such a good high school coach and and uh, a, guy, a, a guy named Mike Sherry who pushed me 
and pushed me hard. I mean, he gave me challenges that, you know, one of the things was, hey, if you don't weigh 130 pounds uh, by your senior year, you're you're not going to catch for me. You're going to have to play the outfield or do something else. And and it just gave me kind of goals, and, and, and I set those goals to kind of reach that. And I'm not sure that I weighed 130 pounds, but, uh, you know, I, I came in and soaking wet and made sure that I, <laughs> He was going to allow me to catch, but you know that I think he instilled a lot of toughness and, and a lot of fight in me, and and the journey wasn't wasn't ever easy. I was a I was a walk on at junior college at Jefferson Junior College, and and I almost failed really. And when you look back at it, I was a tag along of, of a couple of guys that that I played Legion ball with in the summer that were really good, and and uh, you know Coach Oster gave me an opportunity to to walk on and and appreciate him taking that chance on me and. And uh, it's still at that time, I'd really never get the, uh, the growth spurt and, and really, you know, didn't deserve to be an everyday player at that level. And and he was very honest with me and said that, you know, Steve, you're not going to be an everyday player. We're going to bring in, you know, some other guys. And and it just so happened that Coach Lowry out at Middle Area said, hey, you know, come over here. We got an opening. And he gave me a chance. And that's really kind of, I think, where finally I started growing uh, the uh, – Things started working out, and you know he put me in the lineup every single day, every single game, and and uh, you know just had kind of a career year, and and again you know nothing really jumped jumped out from uh, from an offer, but I, I was able to get a Division two scholarship, a small scholarship at Southeast Missouri State, my alma mater. Now that uh, that I went back then and was even able to coach at, but having that opportunity to go play there and just continue to develop, uh, you know my journey's always been one of just uh got got fortunate, you know, got seen by the right guy on the right day and the Phillies took a chance on me in the thirty second round and and uh you know gave me a ball cap and said come play in our system and and uh my journey in, in, in professional baseball was the same way. You know, I felt like uh that you know I, I touched every step in the Philly system, uh from uh from low A ball all the way through and it took me four years to get to Triple A, and then I spent another four years at Triple A uh, before you know, I kind of had a breakthrough year after becoming a minor league free agent with the Expos. Uh, they signed me, and I had a MVP type season. I happened to be playing in a league that uh, Bobby Valentine was uh, coaching Triple A in Norfolk, Virginia, and and played some pretty good series against them. and And he gets the big league job with the New York Mets, and invites me into spring training and I make his team out of spring training. So there's just so many people when you think about it and um, to be thankful for that your paths, you know, that you, your paths crossed and you made that connection. But, you know, him giving me that opportunity as a, as really what I think most people tabbed as a career minor leaguer. And, and you know, I felt I, I went in and made most of that. And just, you know, it was just, it was kind of surreal. You know, my, my opening day was, uh, they're reading the lineups, and I'm opening up at, at out in San Diego, and their lineups. Ricky Henderson's leading off, and Tony Gwynn's hitting third, and and you can just go through their their Hall of Fame type guys that was on that roster, and and had an opportunity to play with some really really good guys that with with the New York Mets and Pittsburgh Pirates. But it's just you know it's been quite the journey, and I I feel blessed to have been part of it. You know, but but you you described something that. I'm not sure a lot of the kids today would really, really do. And, and that's this. At, at all the stops, especially early as a young kid, uh, and then onto the junior college circuit with, uh, down at Jefferson, nothing was guaranteed to you. And, and you, 
had the perseverance to keep going and keep fighting. And I, I do think at the time frame that you were growing up that, that kids did that. But I'm not sure today that, that that's a, that's a value or I'm not sure that, that we have enough kids that are really willing to do what you did then, uh, today. Because if it's tough today, it's, you got a lot of other choices. You can go and play another sport. Uh, you can do something else. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, as coaches, it's kind of a, a word thrown around. We always talk about toughness and, you know, back in the day. And, and I think kids today have some, some toughness to them. And it, but it's, it's, it, it is different. It's a little bit, uh, different toughness. And, and there, there are so many things I think that, uh, you know, really grab at our kids today and, and catch their attention. And, and, you know, there are times that some people like, you know, this is, this looks more glamorous and this would be easy, but, you know, no doubt my career, my career, I mean, from day one to, to, you know, I feel the same way right now. I don't, I don't take a single day for granted. I know I got to fight and, and, uh, for every single day and, and to try to do my best with, with the ability that I have. And I think that, you know, those are things as coaches, we want our players to kind of feel the same way that, if nothing's given, you have to earn everything and you have to work extremely hard for those things. And, and, uh, they, they ha it has to mean a lot to you for you to, to you really put, to invest and put that type of effort into things. That's for sure. Hey, what, what one thing do you wish you would have known when you were playing that you didn't know, uh, that might have really helped in your journey? Yeah. You, you know, I think about that question and, and really, the way that I would answer that is nothing. Uh, I think that's what made the, the journey so enjoyable uh, is, was the fact that, you know, that you don't know what's around that next corner. And, and, and you really just, you know, I, I think about, uh, you know, the pro days. There wasn't a single day of my professional playing career, which lasted for 13 years. There wasn't a single day that I was confident walking into that, uh, in the spring training or in, into the clubhouse that I was going to be there the next day. And it always felt like, you know, you see guys going in and out constantly and like, you know, it, it when's my day coming? And, and I think, I think that's what really challenged me every day is never to let my guard down. And, and that allowed me to, to stick around, you know, for a long time. And, and, you know, we, I did a lot of different things, you know, a lot of things that people would say, you're crazy. Uh, I mean, my high school sweetheart and I got married after my first year in pro ball and there weren't many married guys at the low A level and and then the next year we decided to have our first child and there was no nobody on our team at at that level, you know, at age twenty two that, that had children and and then I think you start thinking about, you know, it's not just your childhood dream anymore. It's you know, you've got a family and and uh you gotta do everything you can for them. So uh, there's a lot of things that, that the things I say is like, yeah, that, those, that probably wasn't very smart, but I think, you know, God has a plan for us all. And I think that, 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 uh, that, that path is something that we just, we follow and, and we do it to the best of our ability. And, and so, you know, like I said, I feel very blessed to have the opportunities that I've had along the way and, and, you know, always praying for tomorrow, those opportunities to come. Let's switch gears just a little bit and talk about um, Missouri recruiting and so forth. Uh, when when you recruit to the University of Missouri, what is it that makes your school, your program, so attractive to a high school kid? Yeah, I mean, and that's that's part of my job, and and I spell this university every single day, and and you know, I, I would say what 
what what is it that doesn't make our school so attractive? I mean, when I think about the university and the academics and, uh, you know, Nobel Peace Prize winner just, uh, you know, come out of the university. And, and our academics are very demanding. And and uh, that's one of the things that, that some of our players struggle with is, is, is how difficult school can be. But it's the challenge that, that – uh, that I think that our, that our guys eventually, again, uh, you know, that they, they start to embrace and enjoy that challenge. And, you know, when I first got there, our, our academics were not, you know, what I thought they, they could be or should be. And and uh, it, it's been, uh, you know, you set those expe- expectations and and standards of your program that as a team, we you know, we want to have over a 3.0 GPA. And, and uh, you know, we're going to reach that. We, we, we had a 299 last year, and we're going to reach that 3.0. And, and uh, you know, I, I told our team that we're going to be a three-two-five before I even realized how the what the grading system was like at the University of Missouri. And and uh, you know, we're we're at A minus. You know, and there's certain A's that aren't four point oh. The A minus is not a four point oh. And and you, you know, it's it's a different grading scale, and it's been very challenging for us to get to the three point two five. But you know, I do believe that we're continuing to climb and. And, you know, I'm just impressed of, of how good of an academic school the University of Missouri is, I guess, from an outside. I, I didn't really recognize that. And then the community, it's just such a great college town, uh, you know, to me, the, the perfect. And when I, you know, even when I look in the SEC and I'm looking around at some of the other, um, the other cities in the SEC, I, I mean, to me, it's the perfect college town. And, and can can rival just about any any city in the SEC. And then, you know, the last thing is that we play in the best sports conference in, in college, and and the SEC is attractive, especially when you're talking football and you're talking uh, baseball. Those are those are the two big sports in the SEC that uh, that, that people get really excited about, and and it definitely helps. Uh, you know, from a recruiting trail, it really helps us. So I, I'm. I'm, I guess when I'm listening to your response to that question, then I, the next question is pretty easy. You, um, when you're recruiting a kid, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that the academic profile that he offers is really important when you're looking at him. Oh, it's extremely important. And, and I use that profile for so many things, not just to see whether or not the, the young man can uh, do well and, and, and stay eligible, but to me, it, it, it tells you a lot about the athlete. Uh, you know, the players that are coming to us, they're, they're, they're pretty, pretty advanced and high level with their skill. Uh, but when you see a, a guy that, that really attacks the classroom and does really well in the classroom, it tells you a lot about his work ethic and, and, uh, and, and just everything that he brings to, to the table. And, and I, I can tell you some of my most successful ball players have, not always been the guys with the most skill, but it, it's the guys that that really have a, an aptitude for learning and and uh, and just have a great work ethic. And and that's that's that that's the first thing that I look at is the academic package, and and then want to really connect with uh, you know the coaches, people that's coached him. And, and the biggest thing for for me is you know having that that high school background and understanding the high school setting maybe a little better than some of the other. Uh, guys, it's just been strictly college guys is, you know, when you call or when you'd reach out to a, uh, a high school English teacher or, or somebody that's, that's really not even connected to the baseball side of it. 
and get feedback from from uh, the teachers that that had an opportunity to teach these young men in the classroom and and you get good feedback you you know you're on the right guy and you know you've got a, a good chance for that person to succeed in your program you know i um I was thinking about this in terms of um my years of coaching and i've I've kind of noticed a a change in the recruiting process, right? I mean, many coaches, many college coaches today, they don't really communicate with the high school coach. They re, they seem to recruit from from other sources, you know, the showcase events, the tournaments, the camps. Um, is that your model as well, or am I hearing you suggesting that maybe you're going to go an extra step and, and maybe talk to a high school coach or maybe even a high school teacher to find out more about the kid? Yeah, I th- I think it's important for for all those avenues and and the landscape has changed a lot you know there's there's these uh you know you, you go to you could go to Atlanta and do your recruiting uh you could sit in Atlanta all all, all summer long because all the teams that uh you know there's a real a lot of elite teams that that are coming through there and you have an opportunity to see that I think what the one of the reasons that we see uh college recruiters kind of lean to the summer coach side is because that's really who they know because uh, that, that's that's the guys that they get a chance to talk to during the summer, and and the fact that the high school season and the college season kind of coincide there, and and uh, you know we don't we don't do a lot of recruiting during uh, during the, our season. We don't get out to see many high school games, and uh, I've always kind of kind of been a coach that that says you, you know we we only have three coaches that can actually go recruiting. And we've got to really pay attention and, and give the players that are on campus uh, our full attention, and, and then we'll kind of get our recruiting done in the summer. And, and recruiting is kind of the landscape there has changed on how early you recruit kids. So uh, you're looking, you know, in the summer you're looking for classes that's two to three years away from graduation. So kind of getting in that cycle, you get a chance to recruit all of your uh, your players during the summer, and then and then the uh, you know, for me, especially in the, in the St. Louis area, I, the high school coaches that I know, that's that's usually going to be my first call. And I, and I, I wouldn't say that that's probably not my recruiting coordinator's first call because, you know, you don't have those connections. You haven't come from the high school setting. And I think that's why we see a lot of the uh, a lot of the recruiting kind of go through the summer coach. And but I think you can learn so much uh, from the high school coach because, uh, of the, the high school coaches probably had the young man in class and, and has been with him for four years and sees, uh, that face every day and, and sees the attitude at, at school. And, and it, to me, it's very, it, it's really, uh, it's really beneficial to, to go through the high school coach. Hey, I want to talk to you a little bit about something that, um, I think you started to do this when you were at Southeast Missouri. Um, Peter Fatty. Game Sense, yes. um, the Pitch Recognition Program. Can you can you talk a little bit about that? How you use it, and, and what you see the benefits to be? Yeah, it's you know again, it's uh, people uh, stumble across your path, and you know I just finished my first season in 2013 uh, as a head coach there at Southeast Missouri State, and uh, the that summer. Uh, Dr. Fatty is, is over at SIU, uh, Carbondale, and doing some uh, some work there. And he he wanted to swing by and uh, talk to 
talked to uh, me and my staff about uh, this program that he had titled it Pitch Recognition, and and we were kind of all ears and, and decided to sit down and listen. And then as I'm listening, I'm, I'm thinking, well, some of the stuff that he's saying, is, is it's not going to be invasive on on what we already do from a program. And and I'm glad that, that I listened and, and, and really dug in and started to learn more about the pitch recognition system because uh, you look at the uh, the value that it added to our program. I mean, we, we tracked three straight years of, of the development from our guys and just seeing – you know, 40% growth in 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 area year after year, and, and uh, it, it it really helped our offense. I mean, there at Southeast for those three years, we were we were the highest scoring offense in all of college baseball for those three years. And I and the only thing that I did different going from the high school setting to uh, the college setting was really adopt uh, the pitch recognition program and still continue to do the same things that I. That I'd already had a good background in, and and uh, and really really thought was important to to win ball games to to develop players. And the uh, when when we started talking about it, the pitch recognition system, and and uh, you know I remember Dr. Fatty saying that that he tried to present this like 20 years ago at the uh, ABCA conference, and people just kind of laughed at him like, "There's no way you can you can help a hitter by watching a video screen and." And and that really wasn't all he was talking about. He he understood that, you know, the video screen is one component, and and that we were kind of the uh, the pilot to to helping figure out what are those things that you can do on field. And and all coaches do, you know, you get in that early preseason and you have hitters stand in during the pitchers' bullpens, and and people were already doing things like that from a from a pitch recognition standpoint, and. Creating uh, drills and net occlusion drills that that uh, that you can do in a small space, and those were the things that we started instituting into our our hitting philosophy, and uh, it, it really put an emphasis on you know us focusing on the pitcher and how quickly to pick up pitches, and and uh, his his video system has come uh, you know full circle. At, at first, when he was kind of and just to be honest, at first when he's showing me the uh, the video stuff, you know I. I knew that uh, we at Southeast could could produce a video like that that uh, would even be more relevant because we could take pictures, our own pictures, and not model pictures, and and we were doing that for a while, and then then all of a sudden uh, he comes with, out with the game sense and and uh, realized that that now this is what we were looking for: a bunch of different models with a bunch of different looks and. Uh, how we're using it now at the University of Missouri is this, we just call this our homework station, uh, that, you know, I want, I want guys to knock out, you know, get a couple of rounds every single day. Uh, you go home, they've got their phones, they got their app, you know, pull up the app and, and really just focus and get some reps with the, the game sense app because I think it's just an outstanding app. It is. Uh, I had the pleasure to, to talk with Peter, and, and um, I kind of did some beta tested, testing for him, and I was really impressed with it, and I realized that you were doing it, and I thought, yep, it makes sense because you've always been that kind of guy to, to think outside the box. This podcast is powered by E3 Consultants Group. E3 wants to awaken the inner entrepreneur in anyone who is ready to take control of their financial picture. E3's family office model is prepared to serve individuals, families, 
and business owners with the right mindset, regardless of your net worth. E3 Consultants Group believes it's time for a new age of enlightenment. People need people to take responsibility for their financial well-being. The problem rests with inactivity, in sitting back and doing nothing. Essentially, we've allowed an entitlement society to overtake our ability to succeed or fail on our own merits. If you are ready to equip yourself with the knowledge and strategies to break out of this cycle and take your financial picture to the next level, then E3's business model is ready to assist you in thinking differently. If you are an entrepreneur, who is helping you get to the next level? Are there financial roadblocks standing in your way? At E3 Consultants Group, their mindset is all about optimizing the tools of time, talent, and capital. Whether it happens through cash flow awareness, income tax strategies, business consulting, privatized banking strategies, wealth management, or asset protection, E3 is ready to take your mindset from worry to wealth to worthiness. John Moriarty, the founder and president of E3, is a longtime supporter Coach Baseball Right. Visit their websites www.e3cg.com or www.e3wealth.com or contact John Moriarty directly at 314-805-9349 to learn more. Tell him Coach Nicola Rott sent you. It's time to think differently. E3 Consultants Group, education, empower, enlighten. Now let's let's continue this this college baseball uh, discussion a little bit. Now, can you give me the the biggest difference for you, uh, coaching college baseball and coaching high school baseball? You know, I think about all the levels, and I think the 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 one th- the game's the same, but the one thing that changes is just the speed of the game, and and I say that also knowing that the speed of the game to the high school player, it, it feels like a fast game. Uh, and then, then you take that next jump to the college baseball and, you know, at Southeast, it seemed like, you know, it, it, it got a lot faster. And then I go from Southeast to Missouri and the SEC and it got faster. And then I, I think to the, the pro days and then realizing that, you know, we watch a major league game and it just seems, you know, everything looks so smooth and, and little do we realize how fast that, that play is as going down on the field because they just make it look so so easy. But that, I think that's one of the biggest differences is, is the uh, is the speed of the game. Um, the the high school game to me was it was very pure. You have a lot of guys there that uh, don't have a lot of aspirations. I shouldn't say they don't have it, but but they they realize that that college baseball, probably playing college, is not you know they're there to enjoy time with their teammates and and understand that you know they may have an education uh you know they, they've got a degree that they want to go pursue at a college and and they know that they can't play at the division one level and, and all those things that uh that go along with with trying to play college baseball but really enjoyed the high school level there, there was no doubt that i i enjoyed every minute of the high school level and and enjoy coaching at that level, just like I, you know, I enjoy what I'm doing now as well. 
when you were at the high school level coaching, of course, you were in the classroom teaching, and I, I, I happened to have quite a few friends over at Vianney, and they always talked about um, you were an outstanding math teacher, I guess. <laughs> and not every coach uh, is a great teacher. Uh, I wish I could say that we all are, but not every coach has that skill set. Can you articulate how that skill set, being a good teacher, plays into your, your coaching now? Yeah, I mean, I think it definitely, being in the classroom, it, it, it makes you a better coach. But, you know, when I hear that, that I was a good math teacher, I can't, I can tell you that uh, there was, there wasn't many things harder that I've done in my life because you think about it, it, it was, it, it was almost 14 years since I, to, since I got out of college and I get thrown it, you know, I, I, not that I got thrown into it. I really wanted to, to go back and teach math and, and coach. And, and here I am just uh, like all the things that I forgot. And, and I mean, I'm just trying to, I'm battling the first couple of years to try to stay ahead of my, the guys in the classroom and hoping that I, you know, that they're not discovering that, Hey, he's, he's a little behind, he's a little slow. And, and it took a lot of effort to catch back up. And, and I think, you know, it definitely helped having some, uh, you know, credibility is, is, as being a coach that it also helped me in the classroom. And then I, when, when I think about how that also on a flip side, uh, being a, a teacher, how much better of a coach it makes you. And, and I share this with some of the guys that, that are on my staff now. And, and, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a big, I didn't read much when I was playing pro ball. I didn't listen to, you know, well, there wasn't a lot of podcasts or anything to listen to, but I listen to a lot of different things and read a lot now and, and just think about, you know, how we coach sometimes. It's, you know, you put all your guys out of the position on the field and you're screaming and and uh and hoping they hear you and you know, there's there's no eye to eye contact and, and we feel like that's the best way to, to to coach. And uh I started I started thinking back about the classroom and you know, what do we do? We sit them down in front of us and we get the eye contact and and that's something that uh that I started to do when I got to the college level of uh, using the classroom more to uh, to coach baseball. And I think that's been very beneficial for, for our players to, to do it that way. But uh, I, I think that one some of the things that's helped me in the coaching profession is really having that experience as an everyday classroom teacher. Um, it, it's it's really helped just, just immensely. I don't even know how to describe how much it has helped, but I know that, it, that it's had a big impact on the way that I do coach now. Hey, what is it that you wish that all high school kids, all youth players uh, knew, um, but they really don't know? You know, you wish that when they, they arrived on your campus ready to play, you sort of wish they, they had this, but most of them don't. What is it that you wish that, that the kids would realize? Yeah, I don't even know if this is just high school, but I just, you know, one of the things is about, you know, just how to be a great teammate. And I think we all, you know, we, we kind of compete against each other all the time. And, and, uh, it's, it's a real challenge, uh, to create a team atmosphere, to create, uh, guys that are playing for one another, that's willing to serve one another because we're all trying to get a, get a leg up on, on each other and we're fighting for starting positions. But, you know, when, 
a big thing for me in, in my programs has always been the culture and, and trying to drive a culture that uh, is, is willing to serve one another. Uh, I've always, you know, the cliches that I always use, you know, the more you give, the more you get, and, and learning to serve one another. And, and if we can do those things, you're going to find out that you're going to you're going to end up with, you know, we're, we're chasing numbers, whether it's a batting average or an ERA. We're chasing those numbers, but if we learn to work together and, and be a great teammate and support one another, that uh, we're going to get a lot more out of it. And I, and I think that's just that's at every level, and you know, if it's no more at the pro level, it's worse until you get to the major league level. I mean, because you are battling to, you know, you're surviving to try to to, to get through the system. But you know, I, it's something that I think that uh, that I know even. I've always tried it, but just, you know, maybe not put enough effort into talking at the high school level when I was coaching that, you know, we can be, a, we can do a better job. We, you know, we're in this together. Let's support one another. Um, you know, you talk about servant leadership and, and all those things that, that we know that, you know, we're not just at that level. We're, we're really, it's not about uh, the baseball as much as it is just uh, developing good young men and, and you know, I feel the same way here, and we're in the most, you know, the, the most competitive conference in college baseball, and and still, I feel very, uh, very driven to develop young men that that's going to uh, to understand the, a lot of the, the values that we're trying to, to get across, not only on the baseball field but in life, and and uh, that's just something that we work on every single day. But you know, other things, it's it's I think we're putting, you know. I think our players sometimes and young players put themselves in a box and they're, and they're wanting to specialize in, in just one thing. And, and you're still at such an impressionable age and, and skill set that, that, that there might be more there. I might be one of the few uh, college baseball coaches at our level that, that believe that there's a lot of value in the playing multiple sports and not, not uh, you know, specializing in one sport. Um, and I've heard a lot of different arguments about you know, it's better to or it's not better to. But I just think the the value of competing on a team, you know, whether it's a football team and then it's a basketball team and it's a baseball team, but the value of competing on team just it just teaches us so much, I think, high school athletics does. I couldn't agree with you more, uh, the, the idea of letting kids play multiple sports and, and create a, a different set of friends, learn from different kinds of coaches, uh, learn how their body works and, different ways I, I just think playing multiple sports is a great thing and when kids specialize too early i think it's it's a darn shame um now i uh, i always loved practice i love planning practice i enjoyed the flow and the pace of a great practice can you describe for me your planning your practice planning process how much time you spend preparing things like that yeah, I I probably spend more time than the average person, and, and that may just be because I'm not very smart, or I just uh, I I'm, I'm sort of a perfectionist, and whenever it doesn't look right, I'm going to go back and try to restructure and continue to do it. But you know, the, the right thing to do in practice planning is 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 I always start. You know, I know February 15th is my start date, and my first game that that will open up down in Florida here, and and uh, and just start working backwards. It's, it's Explain what I want our team to be able to do on February 15th, and and try to and try to just back everything up and know the, the days and the time and 
the college level were very structured on, you know, you get six days a week during your championship season. You only have five days a week and you got these blocks where you only get uh, four hours a week uh, to work during the college, uh, during the college fall on certain weeks and only 20 hours a week. So it, it's really hard when you think about the game of baseball to, to get everything in in that amount of time and, 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 and it is a rush, but really having that, that what should it look like on opening day and then just trying to work backwards and we, you know, it all has to, it all has to funnel back to the basic fundamentals. Uh, being in spring training with Tony LaRusa with the Cardinals, the one thing that, you know, was there for two years and the one thing that, that every year, you know, and he made a point to, to make sure that all the veterans knew this, that you know, we're starting from ground zero. We're starting from scratch. Just like you guys don't know what our bunt coverages were, this and that that we that we're going to use, uh, and we're going to build it up. And I think that's very important that you just you don't take for granted that guys uh, really know what you're doing or how you're doing it, and, and just have to be very thorough. And you know, when it comes to the practice planning, it's it's. Uh, I think some guys are really good at it and really quick at it. And it, it takes me a little bit longer because I just want it to be, I want to make sure it's right. And I want to make sure that, that we've covered everything. And, you know, I feel like I've let the team down if, if, if uh, we get into opening day and, and we get caught by surprise on something and, and we hadn't prepared for it or talked about it. then that was just kind of bad planning on my part. Hey, do you think the kids today in youth baseball, do you think they're playing too much, not enough practice or, or is there, is there a good balance going on? What are your thoughts on that? I think we're getting caught up in, you know, the the game, 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 and, and not really getting a lot of practice. And, and and I say that just based on, you know, I coached uh, I coached summer baseball quite a bit uh, when I was coaching high school baseball, and and I can remember, you know, coaching American Legion ball, and and uh, you know, you had. You really didn't have many practices, if any practices, because we were playing almost three, four, you know, games a week, and it was just okay. Show up, we'll do it a little bit before the game, and 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 just play. And I think there's some there's some things being missed uh, in the game. There's some, you know, uh, there's times now that we see players that come to us that we that haven't been coached in some of the basic fundamentals. A lot of it's just because of the time and the time demands the to coach all that because we're playing so many games and uh, but you know I think it's it's the it's the world we live in now it's it's go play uh, showcase yourself in front of uh, college scouts and you just got to keep playing and you got to you got to be in the right place at the right time and and I think that's why we're just throwing a lot of games on our kids. Hey, uh, last question for you: If what would you say to a dad who? who wants his kid to be seen so he can play at the next level. What advice would you give that dad? Well, I mean, it just kind of contradicts the, the, the what I just said about, you know, I think we're playing so much, but uh, what we have to do as college coaches now is we, we, we can't be, it's no longer that we're, we're going to see one player uh, here or there because, we're trying to, to see as many players as we can over the summer, and 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 we haven't really, uh, hey, we haven't really done any single player recruiting. Uh, we'll do it in our state, you know, maybe closer to our area, but 
typically, you know, if you want to be in front of a lot of uh, a lot of scouts, a lot of recruiters, you need to find the, those highly, uh, you know, those select the select tournaments that all the teams are, are going to right now. And and then I guess on top of that, the one thing that uh, you know, as a as a dad to a ball player, you know, my son played college baseball and had aspirations to play pro ball, and and it didn't really work out for him. But it, as a parent, sometimes we see our, our kids different than than what coaches will see their kids, and and really trying to do a true assessment of, you know, what what level of baseball would my son be happy at because. You know, there's only going to be so many SEC players, ACC players, Division One players, but uh, I, I believe, you know, when I look back at my path and and was forced to go to junior college, but I had a great experience playing junior college baseball, and then really wanted to play Division One baseball, but wasn't good enough to play Division One baseball, and and uh, realizing if I go to Southeast Missouri State, who's Division Two at that time, and and get to play, I'm probably going to be happy, and. Uh, and that, that I think that's where we really have to, to help our kids, you know, be successful. We have to be real uh, with them. And we, you know, sometimes we need outside assistance and then we need to count on somebody that's going to be real with us. And, you know, I just think of, of a couple of my cousins that that asked me, uh, the info, you know, that information for their their boys that are playing high school ball right now and, you know, as much as I want, I want to say, you know, that yeah, they're they're Division One players. You, you know, I, I have to be honest and say that, you know, hey, they'll be happy if if they get on the field and they're in a college and and the, the university has a degree that they want, uh, and they get to go play baseball and uh, get the degree they want, they're going to be happy. And and who knows? I mean, you guys get found from all over. They. Uh, you still you're still giving your chance, yourself a chance as long as you're playing baseball and you, and you're probably going to be really happy uh, the fact that you're you're playing as opposed to sitting on the bench at maybe a bigger school. Hey Steve, when when it's all over, when it's all said and done, what would you like your players to remember um, when they played for you? You know, it, the the biggest thing is that uh, you know you have those championship teams, and for some reason it's like those are the guys that, that really. Uh, stay connected to you, but then you look back and you want you, you try to figure out why were we a championship team, and you think about those relationships that you were building during that year, and maybe uh, maybe it's the fact that the personalities matched up better, and and the team just all came together, and and all that. But I, you know, the biggest thing for me is that uh, when this is all said and done, you know, I, I hope to be invited to my players. Uh, Weddings when they get married and and get notifications uh, when when they have their first child. I, I hope that's how I'm remembered that I was a and I wasn't just a baseball coach that I really uh, invested and communicated and, and really built a personal relationship with each one of my players. And you know when I say that it's just kind of you know Jason Haggerty, one of my Viani guys that they just had their first child and, and got a picture. Uh, you know, shortly after she was born, and, and that those are the things that are really special to you as a coach. It's uh, you're right, and uh, I I think that I look back over my time, and and um, you know, I I think of all those relationships that are very special, and and I'm very fortunate to have had them, and I know for you, you will have many many more. Hey, I just want to thank you for for spending a few minutes with us, and 
and sharing your insights and your time. Uh, I've really, really enjoyed it. Um, and I really wish you nothing, nothing but the best. You do a great job. You're a great person. And, uh, and I know you're going to continue to do some great things down at Missouri. I really enjoyed our discussion with Steve Beezer, head baseball coach at the University of Missouri. Steve's journey from St. Genevieve, Missouri, through two junior colleges, on to Southeast Missouri State, when it was a Division II program, and ultimately on the pro ball, was really unbelievable. It was fascinating. And while Steve wasn't born with the most amount of talent, he certainly displayed his passion and his persistence. Sometimes I think we assume that all the guys who play in the big leagues, they have the most talent. And the fact of the matter is that while you have to have talent to play in the big leagues, the guys that ultimately make it may not be the ones with the most talent. They may be guys that have a combination of talent and persistence. And I think Steve Beezer certainly displayed that. Remarkable story. Um, I really appreciated Steve's take on recruiting and his candid comments on the process of recruiting today. I think it's very important for parents not to lose sight of the importance of being a student athlete. You have to be more than just a player. So if you really want to give yourself the best chance to be recruited, make sure that the academic side is just as polished as the, the baseball side. For you coaches out there, Steve's comment on creating a culture of team was really, really important. I think this might be one of the most difficult things we face as coaches. How to get 25 guys on your ball club all pulling for one another, especially when somebody wins the starting job and somebody doesn't. That's a tough one. But I think it's very important that we begin to understand that it's something that we can do and we have to look for ways to achieve that. I was fascinated with Steve's idea on pitch recognition software. I think it's something that is in the future. I think that ultimately most coaches will use it. I know I'm personally beginning to use it in all my face-to-face -face instruction as well as my online academy. I hope you enjoyed our discussion with Coach Beezer. Please share the link to this podcast episode on Facebook and Twitter.